there, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of Following the Truth. I'm your host, Gary Zimak, and it's great to be back here with you on the program. Today is, of course, today, of course, is Tuesday. It's no, it's uh, November. It's September the 14th. I'm rushing things here. Um, kind of a kind of a somber yet positive message today. The church celebrates on this day the feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. You know, you know the deal with this program, with all my work. I try to keep the message upbeat. I try to keep it positive, and it is positive. It is comforting. Even today's message, although it involves looking at the cross and what took place on that cross 2,000 years ago on Calvary, Jesus Christ, Lord, our Lord and Savior, died a painful, agonizing, ugly death on the cross But when we look at that event, and this is why Christianity, although it's paradoxical, Christianity offers such hope. Because when we look at that ugly event, I mean, you don't get any more evil than the murder of God on the cross. When we look at that event, through the eyes of our Christian faith, we see hope and we see something positive. I don't know how we can get any more positive than that. So, so as a result, you know, I could choose to maybe uh, suppress some of these messages, but I don't feel that would be genuine. If I'm going to give you, if I'm going to come on the air and, and ask the Lord, as I do when we start every one of these shows in prayer, to give me the message that he once delivered, I know for a fact that he doesn't want me to ignore the fact that his son died on the cross. So we're going to talk about it today. But far from depressing, I think this is an an empowering and uplifting message because the message is all about God's love for you personally, his personal love for you when you look at what he was willing to endure for your sake and my sake. But also the message is, it's a comforting one because when you look at the, the crosses and the suffering in your own life, and we all have these crosses, Some are little, some are very, very, very big. But when we look at these crosses through the eyes of our Christian faith, all of a sudden, these these very difficult, often tragic circumstances become redemptive or can become redemptive. The key is our willingness to embrace the cross. You know, there are many crosses in life that we do nothing to bring about. Yeah, we can create our own crosses. Sometimes we do create our own crosses, but there are many crosses such as illness, such as unexpected death, such as a job layoff that we they, we don't cause them. And we wish they wouldn't happen. But you know, in spite of the fact that they seem um what's the word I'm looking for? unavoidable or uh I can't think of the the right word, but I guess unavoidable. We can't avoid these crosses. But even though we might not have a choice, we really do have a choice. I can't control the circumstances in my life, including the crosses that God sees fit to send into my life or to allow to happen. But what I can control is the way I respond to these crosses. And I, and I think that is the that's the beautiful message of the cross. I can either reject the crosses in my life or I can accept them, almost embrace them, not almost embrace them, embrace them. 
embrace these crosses and unite them with the suffering of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, right, these crosses become redemptive. God can use them for good. And, you know, to be totally honest, to be totally honest, these crosses are difficult for many people, including me. I, I don't like suffering. I just, I struggle with it. But I would rather suffer for a reason than suffer for no reason. You know, we can't run away from the suffering in life. We can't run away and make it not happen. It's still going to happen. We can try to run away. But, you know, honestly, I think what we do, uh, when, and, and we all do that at times, we, we, we can reject our crosses. We can have that uh, temptation to just say, I am, not go- I am not going to accept this. It doesn't make the pain any less. But in reality, it makes it worse because it's, again, the paradox. And it's hard for me to present this message to you because I know how difficult it sounds, especially if you're really struggling right now. But refusing to accept a cross or fighting against the cross is ultimately going to bring about more suffering than if we would embrace the cross. Now, I don't expect you to have an easy time with this message. It's not an easy message to deliver. It's not an easy message to accept, but I, I really believe it is the truth. So I'll tell you what, let's look at these the mass readings from today's feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. We'll read them through. We'll see what the church wants us to hear from the Word of God. And then I'm going to share my thoughts. All right. So, uh, you know what? I am glad you're with me. I hope this program brings you comfort. I know it brings me comfort when I'm having a bad day. I love the fact that you and I can sit down at the table, break open the Lord's word and chat a little bit, you know, and uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me into your home or into your headphones or wherever you're listening to me. It's a great honor to be able to do this with you. So I know you're listening and I'm thankful for you. I really am. So let's pray, okay? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, thank you. Tough message today, Father. I have to talk about the cross. You know, from our limited view, uh, from with our earthly eyes, with our imperfect knowledge, the cross looks like pure evil. There, there appears to be no good coming out of the, the cross. What went down on Calvary... Over 2,000 years ago, from our earthly point of view, seems totally illogical. Father, you viewed it differently. Jesus viewed it differently. And even though there was evil involved, you gave us the ultimate example of how you can bring good out of evil. So for that, Father, we thank you. We ask you to help us, because we're going to need grace to do this. We ask for your assistance in helping us to embrace our crosses. To say, Father, yes, I don't like this. This hurts. I'm suffering. However, in spite of my feelings, Father, your will be done. Please accept this cross and use it for good. That can only be done with your help. So I'm going to ask, Father, to give us all that help today so that we can accept our crosses whether they be small, like we're stuck in traffic, or whether they be incredibly large, like watching the, the, the deterioration of a loved one as their health declines, coming to grips with the sudden death 
of a loved one, dealing with financial problems, rep, uh, relationship issues. All of these crosses, Father, as difficult as they are for us to carry, become more difficult when we don't ask for your help. So, Father, we ask for that grace to be able to offer up any of our suffering. And with that in mind, we do offer up any of our suffering this day. Please don't let it go to waste, Father. If we're going to have to suffer, please use it for good. And Father, increase our understanding so that we can better appreciate the value of suffering. Please help those who are suffering today. Comfort them as only you can do, Father. Please use me as your instrument. Give me the words for the show today. And please open all of our minds and hearts to be receptive to your message. We ask these things in the name of him who suffered on the cross for our sake. Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, boy, thank you for praying with me. Um, you know, as, as I was saying those prayers, I realized that, man, this is a, this is a hard message for me, for me to deliver to you today. I, I don't want to talk about the cross, but I'm supposed to. Because honestly, I want to bring you comfort today. And for some reason, I'm just feeling your suffering today. For, for, for whatever, from whatever it is, I'm, I'm feeling it today. I, I, I just... I'm sort of feeling what you're going through. So I want to help. I know the Lord can help us. So let's look at these readings now. Before we do, followingthetruth.com is my website. If you haven't had a chance, head on over there. And uh, you know, one of the things I put in my daily email reflection, if you don't follow me on Facebook and on Twitter, I'd encourage you to do so. I'm I'm posting a lot of uh, what I call inspirational tidbits and daily updates. So if you're on social media and you want to follow me on Facebook or Twitter, you can either do the obvious search, search for my name, Gary Zimak, Z-I-M-A-K, or you can go to my website, followingthetruth.com, and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the of the homepage, and you'll see how to follow me on Facebook or Twitter. I'm not on Instagram at the moment. Uh, one of these days I have to get back on. I had a problem with my account. It got hacked, and it got shut down several years ago. And I just never started it up again. But if you would like, I would love to have you follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, any questions, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. One, we want to make one more announcement before we look at these readings. I was talking to my friends at EWTN's Sunrise Morning Show. And as you, you may know, I do a segment on the Sunrise Morning Show every week. Tomorrow, I'll be doing my weekly segment. It's at 6.35 a.m. Eastern Time. And we've called the segment a number of different things over the years, but the whole the whole point of it is offering um, advice for dealing with anxiety and worry. That's that's what I do. You know, I point to I do a Bible verse each week, and we talk how the Lord can help us through our our issues. But beginning in a few weeks, I think the date is September the twenty ninth. We will. I guess it's two weeks and one day from today. We're going to be changing the name of the segment to Journey with God, and it's going to be uh, an exploration, a weekly look at my new book that's coming out by the same name, Journey with God, Finding Peace and Happiness, How to Know, Love, and Serve God. That's the, the gist of the book. 
But we're going to do a nine-week series on the book. We'll do one chapter a week just to break down this thing. How, how is it that we follow, follow Jesus? And how, how do we have a relationship with God? What does it mean? How do I know, love, and serve God in this life? I've always wanted to write a book like this. And I, and I think you'll, I, I do think you're going to enjoy it. So, so stay tuned. I'll give you more information about that. But that's going to be coming up on EWTN Radio on the Sunrise Morning Show beginning on September the 29th. I think the book technically drops or releases um, on Amazon.com on the 28th. It's going to be out before then, but that's the date they're using. And uh, so I thought it'd be a good idea to start the series the day after that. All right, let's look at these these mass readings uh, from the, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. And I'm going to start with the gospel. This is what I do on my weekly uh, radio program, the Gary Zimak Show, when I look at the Sunday Mass readings. I always start with the gospel. If you want to follow Jesus Christ, you have to learn to let him speak to you. The most clear and safe way to ensure that he is speaking to you is by reading the gospels. And that's what the church teaches. Therefore, I go along with the church. The gospels are more important than any of the other books in the Bible, even though you can't get you can't discard the rest of the books in the Bible. They're all God's word, but the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, have that place of prominence because they involve the words and the life of Jesus Christ. And can't be a Christian without following Jesus. The best way to follow Jesus begins with letting him speak in the gospel. And then it takes more than that. It involves the sacrament. It involves you speaking to him in prayer. It involves reading other parts of scripture, you know, but it starts with the gospel. So with that in mind, let's start with the gospel. John chapter three, verses 13 through 17. Jesus said to Nicodemus, no one has ever gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the son of man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Uh, John 3.16, one of the most popular Bible verses that you will ever hear. We've, we see it all the time. The danger of a verse like that is that we can become so accustomed to it and so familiar with it that we just say, yeah, I know that, and we just move on. But that's a mistake because that is a huge, important part of our Christian faith, and it's a very comforting verse. What we are being told here is that God loves us so much that he sent his son into the world into the burning building. You want to look at a firefighter going back into a burning building to save somebody. Even though it involved discomfort, pain, and ultimately death for Jesus, we were worth it. So in order to redeem us, Jesus had to become one of us and die an excruciatingly painful death on the cross. And he did it out of love. One of the reasons that, you know, you, know, you, you can ask the question, it's a valid question, and I, I do not believe there's a real answer for it because... Only God knows this. Why did it have to be done this way? Did you ever ask that question? Why the cross? Couldn't there have been an easier way? The answer is yes, there could have. The answer is yes, there could have been an easier way. Because God is God, he can redeem us. He could have redeemed us in any way he wanted. 
But I think one of the possible reasons why it was done this way is because he wanted us to know how much he loved us. How can you deny the love of Christ for us and the love of the Father for sending him to us when you look at the cross and think about what he endured for your sake and for my sake? I can't say he didn't love us. So he did it that way, and in doing so, he transformed suffering and even death into something beautiful. That is such a key point. And and the reference to the Son of Man being lifted up, you're going to see um, a foreshadowing of that when we go back to the first reading today, where in that first reading, we'll, we'll, we'll see about Moses lifting up the serpent as a sign of what's to come. You know, the Old Testament, really, if you look at the Old Testament, is filled with prophecies of Jesus and what he would do. So why don't I go to that first reading now, just so you can get an idea. It's from the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. With their patience, worn out by the journey, the people complained against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in this desert where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. In punishment, the Lord said among the people, Sarif serpents, which bit the people so that many of them died. Then the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned in complaining against the Lord and you. Pray the Lord to take the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a seraph and mount it on a pole. And if any who had bitten, been bitten look at it, they will live. Moses accordingly made a bronze serpent and mounted it on a pole, Whenever anyone who had been bitten by a serpent looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now it's kind of a kind of a crazy story when we look at it. You know, this these uh, some of these, especially these Old Testament stories, they're written thousands of years ago. We have a hard time really understand what's going on. But but if we try to just get a feel for this, we have an idea where um, people first of all people complained, and and so you look at this and you know it's this is. I really hate to go here, but it really does make sense. When people complain, when people grumble, when people need a little redirection, God is more than willing to send that redirection. You know what? You and I, we need that all the time. And sometimes in suffering, we're able to hear God more clearly. You know, a little suffering comes our, our way. We're able to hear Him more clearly, and we're more willing sometimes i mean that's that's the goal that's his goal to listen to what he has to say now of course yes some people reject suffering and they get mad at god and they they go in a different direction but but i know in my life and i and i bet you you can you've seen this in your own life when we really have some difficulty something that we can't handle maybe some suffering that we can't alleviate on our own we can't get rid of we often turn to god and ask for his help and that's what he wants He wants to be with us in our suffering. He wants to help us. He wants us to grow close to him. He wants us to depend on him. So the people are complaining. And the Lord sent among these people seraph serpents, which bit the people that many of them died. So now look at what happened. Now the people are saying, we've sinned in complaining against the Lord and you, Moses. Pray the Lord to take these serpents from us. See, once we get... I hate to use the word punished, but corrected by God. Maybe that's a little more gentle way to to say this. 
But we often realize, like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have said that. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. God's not doing it because he's spiteful. He's doing it because he knows what's best for us. And what's best for us is not to disobey him. What's best for us is to go along with his plan. But sometimes we have a hard time with that. And he has to help us a little. So Moses prayed for the people. He interceded for them. And the Lord said, make this sarif and mount it on a pole. And if any had been bitten, look at it and they will live. So Moses makes a bronze serpent, serpent mounted, mounts it on a pole. And whenever anyone who has been bitten by a serpent looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So in other words, these people who were going to die because they would have been bitten by a snake, they would now live. And when we, when we look at that, we see, you know, at the time we don't see it, but when we look at the death of Christ on the cross and how he redeemed and saved the eternal lives of those of us who were destined to die without his intervention, we see a connection there. And the church sees a foreshadowing in this first reading of what would happen on Calvary at the cross. Jesus saved our lives, not just our life on earth. Yeah, we're going to die in this life. He saved our eternal lives. That's forever. It takes a lot for us to appreciate what eternal life is all about. You know why? Because we are faced every day with the, with the world. And, and we get used to things here. And none of us have been to heaven. So we really don't know how good it's going to be. And that's why it's so important for us to, with faith, to look forward to heaven and recognize that this is going to be great. This is going to be great one day. And it's never, ever going to end. And that all came about by the sacrifice of Jesus. Let's listen to this second reading now. It's a great one. From the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Brothers and sisters, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, you know, you, you, you look at this, and this is absolutely a great, um, it's a great reading, the humility of Jesus. He became obedient because it was his Father's will. He became obedient to death. I'm going to go on that cross. He chose that. He could have come down from the cross, but he didn't. Because he was willing to undergo that suffering because it was the, the will of his Father. Those of us, who are baptized Christians, we're part of the body of Christ. So when we get baptized, we first receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, the job of the Holy Spirit is to transform us into Jesus. So ultimately, what 
my life as a Christian should do, my incorporation into Christ, my following of Jesus and being part of his body, the ultimate result is I should be thinking, speaking, and acting like Jesus. I can't do that on my own because of my fallen human nature, but the Holy Spirit helps me with that. One of the toughest things is to choose God's will over my own will, especially when they're different. And we see that Jesus in his humanity allowed himself to uh, go through that period of intense suffering on the night before he died when there appeared to be a conflict between his will and the Father's will. And that's, a, that's one of those great mysteries. But ultimately, what really matters out of that is the fact that Jesus said, Father, please take this away, take this suffering away, but not as I will, but your will be done. And he sets the standard for us with that. So the cross gives us an opportunity because we don't like suffering. Nobody likes suffering. Gives us the opportunity to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You know, when everything's going great, you can say that, but it's not as meaningful as when you are really suffering. That's when you say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Please take this away from me if, you, if it's okay, if, you, if it's your will. But if it's not, I'm, I'm okay with this. Please use this. And here's the redemptive suffering aspect of this. Use this cross that I'm carrying. Please use it for good. Give me the strength to carry it, and he will. But also, please use this for good. And then because of the fact that we are part of the body of Christ... Our suffering can be united with the suffering of Christ as if we were up on the cross with him and help him with his mission, his, 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 his mission, yeah, I guess that's the word, of redeeming the human race. It, it, it's mysterious, it's, it's powerful, it's, um, it's uplifting if you think it through enough, but, uh, you know, suffering's a tough thing. Suffering is a tough thing, a tough thing. and if you're suffering, I, I do pray every day for your comfort. I make that part of my daily prayers, and I'm going to keep doing that. And I would encourage you to do the same for anybody who is suffering out there for whatever reason. Ask the Lord to comfort them, okay? Hey, if you do have questions, please uh, send me an email at garyatfollowingthetruth.com. I would love to hear from you. And don't forget, I do have a segment tomorrow on EWTN Radio. If you're up early, 6.35 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be talking about the sorrows of the Blessed Mother. There's a, there's a verse. That's a, a, a memorial the church celebrates uh, tomorrow, Our Lady of Sorrows, more specifically. And we'll be talking about, um, I have some thoughts to share about that on the Sunrise Morning Show. So I hope you'll be able to join me. If not, God willing, I plan to be back here with you tomorrow afternoon on Following the Truth. Have a wonderful night. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Remember, there is power. 